Amy, I'm a bit nervous today starting out this podcast. Oh my god, why? I don't, well, mainly because I always am. <laughs> oh, valid. Well, not all nerves are bad, Tech Girl. Oh, oh really? Virgil. <laughs> Virgil. <laughs> I wish all of our episodes about science started like that. We just say a very a quick sweeping statement and then just the name. We really should just scrap the podcast and go oh, back and do it all again. Cancel the podcast and go back and do cancel it again. Cancel the podcast and do it all again. There it is. Is that what that? There's yeah. our one of the day. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Hello, everybody. <laughs> My name is Techreal. And I'm Amy. And welcome to Psydology. Today we're talking yeah. about Virgil. If you couldn't already I'm so tell, <laughs> by by the by the specific Virgil. <laughs> I love Virgil. Oh my I god, love do you? I'm very, I'm very excited today. Yes. Also, I drank coffee, so <laughs> I want to say apologies in advance, but you know, I'm gonna own it. Fair. I didn't drink coffee, and I'm tired and nervous. That's fair. <laughs> I can give you mine. I'll just run down to New York. I don't like coffee, but I mean, feel free to run over here anyways. You can. Oh, well, running in place like that isn't going to help. I, you know, I have the Virgil jacket on, so I can do anything. Oh, dang. Especially sitting on things that aren't meant to be sat on. And it's, I'm actually quite really. offended that you're in a chair right now. I didn't even think about that. I'm offended. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm offended. You should have um, shot this podcast yeah. from the roof. <laughs> well, cancel the podcast. Once cancel again. it. Um, oh my god. So, if it wasn't clear, today we're going to be deep diving into Virgil, um, as we've already established. And so, another the, the disclaimer that we say every time. The info that we're talking about comes from our experience with the series, our experience with therapy, our experience with psychology classes. We are not professionals, so some of the things we're talking about we don't know everything about. We are just mere fans yep. who just are very excited about this series. As I always say, yeah. I think I think I always say this, uh, or at least I've started to continue saying this, if you somehow think from what you've seen of us that we're professionals, that is a you problem. That is, yes, that is not on us. We have gone out of our way to prove that we are not professionals. Quite indeed not. I am getting closer to being one. Oh, my God. But, I mean, you already are the studious one. So of, of the two of us, you well, are I'm closer. I'm major in psychology. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, you're closer. You're not there yet, I'm but you're closer. getting there. Soon you will be, like, at a... Pro, a, pro, a pro. A professional. Yeah, no, that, that was it. Remember that time earlier in the podcast when it just started and I said I was nervous? That wasn't that wasn't just show talk, folks. That's just my genuine feelings. <laughs> but <laughs> genuinely, <laughs> nerves can be a good thing. Oh my god, I guess we will... We, 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 uh, <laughs> <laughs> we will be discussing that today. Are you sure nerves are a good thing? They're not doing me well. Or, they are. Dude, this is my favorite character we're talking about. Oh this is my God. favorite character. And this I is up this on character. my list of favorite characters. I, I love Virgil so much, so I'm so excited mm -hmm. to talk about him. So, we're going to figure out what Virgil represents. Now, this is not as uh, detailed mm -hmm. of an answer because Virgil has only really been said to be anxiety. <laughs> Fair. I, that, that's wow. actually an interesting point I hadn't considered before. A lot of the other sides are really labeled to be various things, whereas Virgil is sort of just anxiety. Virgil is anxiety. He is the stoic. He is the he is the rock on which we stand. That is 
so interesting. Man, Virgil is a different little boy. I love Virgil. First his name being different from anyone, and now his, like, purpose. He's so singular. I love my guy. This this He's dude, so listen. I love everything about Virgil. God, so, we just started okay. the podcast, and I've already never. learned something completely I, wow. I never even considered. I'm so glad you learned something. Oh God, Virgil. psychology. Psychology. Wow. wow. You... Okay, so I wrote out um, the different places where his uh, purpose is represented. So you hear him, people say anxiety throughout the entire series, mm-hmm. obviously. And we'll talk more about what anxiety is. Mm. Um, we also have, once accepting anxiety rolls around, um, part two, Logan labels him as a natural fight or flight reflex, which basically is anxiety to yeah. an extent. But that mindset of, I think that adds to it in a way, being like the passive energy or the aggressive energy. So I think he's kind of the one that decides that and how he approaches conflict and trying to avoid conflict or that type of rotation or something. Mm. And then I also wrote down the expectations for social gatherings that he like kind of sets Thomas's expectations for certain events and things. I think that's a really interesting thing that I don't think anybody talks about. So that might be like a different extension of it. It's not even just like, um, anxiety, but sort of like forethought. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, which makes sense because anxiety, I feel like, is one of those things that makes you like consider what might happen. It's one of those things that makes you branch into like, uh, what am I trying to say? Like, um, imagining different scenarios, what might happen, sort of that sort of world of like trying to figure out what to expect before you get into something to sort of ease the anxiety. So that doesn't make sense that that would go hand in hand with uh, Virgil's purpose. The expectations, yeah. So yeah. Um, I went to the uh, association, or this, what, I don't actually know, hold on. APA, I know what APA is. Let me just, let me just, let me just, hold on, hold on, momentary pause. Well, I can see on American, the notes okay. that you're clicking it, I can tell. <laughs> shush, shush. <laughs> Won't tell the, that secret information. Don't, I already don't. told it. It's it's out there. You'll have you to cancel doing? the podcast to take you. that info back. Anyway, <laughs> so the American Psychological Association is something that I have to work with a lot as somebody who is working on a psychology major, mm-hmm. um, and they had an article about anxiety that we're going to link below um, and around if you're listening on Spotify. Um, But basically it said that anxiety is an emotion characterized by feelings of tension, worried thoughts, and physical changes like increased blood pressure. Mm. So I thought that one was interesting because it said it's an emotion. And I went, I don't know if I agree with that, but. Yeah, I mean, I think anxiety can spark emotions. I don't know if I would call anxiety an emotion in itself. Yeah. It's more of a reaction than anything. It's it's sort of like, well, not a reaction. I wouldn't say reaction. I would say, like, it's, I mean, I guess it is fear. Well, I was going to say, because I was thinking back to, like, Inside Out, and I was like, fear, they categorize oh, fear as an emotion. I know, it's disgusting, <laughs> but we have to just, like, as a baseline of, like, what do the dumb people think things are? And then we can branch up from this. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's really mean to Pixar. But, um... It's not dumb. Make it better inside out, we'll talk. Uh, I will say it's interesting that a lot of um, these big psychologists are calling it an emotion. Yeah. Um, 
And like, even though we may not agree with everything that the people who worked on Inside Out say, I mean, that's still an emotion to them. Yeah, so. I mean, I guess I don't understand. I, I, I guess I don't see why it wouldn't be an emotion necessarily. But like, for some reason, it is weirder to box it in with that. That'd be weird and Maybe. strange. But also like, in, in terms of fear, that mindset of like, if you're approached with something that scares you, you have to make a decision, which is that natural fight or flight reflex. Yes. So I think, honestly, it, it is an emotion in that way. I would agree with like that. Like you're scared, I guess, is an emotion. I mean, That's it's a feeling. I mean, when you're, I mean, being scared is a feeling. Yeah. So, I mean, that's different enough from the other feelings to be categorized as such. So, yeah. But I also found on that same article um, that they said anxiety is considered a future-oriented, long-acting response, broadly focused on a diffuse threat, so something that's like in the future, whereas fear is an appropriate, present-oriented, and short-lived response to a clearly identifiable and specific threat. So anxiety is kind of the worry of what's to come, whereas like fear is directly addressing something in the, in the present. I would make the argument that anxiety is also present-oriented. I would also make the argument that the anxiety can be past-oriented. I, I often get nervous about things that are currently happening, like anxious about things that are happening and things that I already have done. I mean, are, are you talking in the lens of, like, anxiety about things that are currently happening and you can do something about right then? I mean, I suppose. Because if, like, for example, in the um, in the Frozen episode of Sandersides, they were talking about something that he couldn't do anything about right then, which was making him really anxious yes. because of the future of what could happen. Whereas, if if he's like, if you're scared of like someone in a haunted house, and someone comes out and spooks you, like that would be fear. So if I'm so, so the consensus there is that if I'm dealing with a situation that still has other, like, still has other paths that can be taken, still has a choice to be made, then that is not anxiety, that's fear. Yeah. I think, I think where you're going from what I'm understanding, correct me if I'm wrong, it sounds like you're going on the route of, like, social anxiety oh, and yeah. how you, like, in the current conversation. Yeah, that's where my thought goes to immediately, because that's a, a big chunk of my own anxiety is very much social anxiety. Right, but I think social anxiety is the mindset of, will this person like me in the future? Will this person still Ooh. want to be my friend? Will this person give me what I'm looking for? Will this person blah, blah, blah. Like, okay, that makes sense. This something, whereas fear is like, this dude just came up and punched this guy over there, and now he's walking towards me. Fuck. Okay, I see that. I see that. <laughs> Why was that the example? Uh, I don't know. But there's punching is fun. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> this dude's walking towards me. Um, okay. So that's interesting. And yeah. I think anxiety I guess anxiety could be considered an emotion. It really is a build off of fear though, I think. Yeah, I think it's thing. like a square is not a rectangle, but a rectangle is a square or something. You know that is mindset? It? Of the two, or whatever. Is that correct? Is that right? Hold on. This, a rectangle is a square, but a square is not a rectangle. Is Have a rectangle a square? I don't know if that's correct, is it? A rectangle is a square, yeah. That doesn't make sense to me at all. 
<laughs> I didn't know you didn't know this. This doesn't logic to like, me. No, I'm not here where, for this. Well, that's what I'm trying. Okay. Well, I thought you. I have a lot of questions today. Apparently, I'm Mr. Contrarian over <laughs> here. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> I'm muddling. I'm muddling the playing field. Hold on. I think you could <laughs> say that, like, like all all fingers are thumbs, but not all thumbs are fingers. Wait, I might have said that backwards. I need to go home. No, but that's home. what I'm talking about. Yes, you're correct. That's where I'm going with this. Yeah. i would never heard that one, but yes. All thumbs are fingers, but not all fingers are thumbs. I think that's how I said it correct. Yes. There yes. Yes. I'm, yes. Good I mentioned job. I'm nervous and tired. You're fine. This is, Deckard, we're talking about virtual today. That's the best time to be nervous. Mm -hmm. It's the only time. <laughs> Um, but that's, that's what we're defining anxiety as, um, and I just, it's interesting that they said emotion, but yeah. I, I guess that's something that a lot of people agree with, and that anxiety is an emotion. It seems so. I, I, I would probably sooner say that fear is the emotion, and anxiety is, like, a, a shoot-off of fear, like, I think you mentioned, but... Yeah, I think it's under the umbrella, and it's a deeper... Yeah. thing because that's why people have like the disorders i think it's just really a specific part of it i think anxiety makes you feel fear but i don't think anxiety is fear and therefore anxiety is not like it's a dis well that's the thing it's a dysregulated fight or flight response yes so it it over it overworks itself mm -hmm, mm -hmm. if in in people who have a disorder, but like even, yeah, in people who have a disorder, it's just an over-regulated fight or flight system. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Crazy. <laughs> Jinx. I love it. I love this stuff. <laughs> anyway, okay. Um, so the other like studious quote unquote thing that I want to bring up mm -hmm. is the fact that I feel like it's relevant to note that, um, there's a lot of people today who are, this world, the current world that we live in is kind of more uncertain than it's ever been. I mean, I don't know if that's a true statement, but um, Psychology Today was talking about how um, there's a general rise in anxiety recently, and it's because of, you know, that uh, it says anxiety is the burden of uncertainty in almost every domain of modern life, the general rise in anxiety is that burden of uncertainty in response to an array of economic and cultural shifts. And I know in when this episode comes out and just in life in general, there's a lot of unknowns right now. Oh, yeah. So I mean, we're in the 2020s. Things have kind of gone a little downhill in the health department lately. Ever since, yeah. Ever since been, that happened. A very interesting place. Yeah. But, uh, listen to the fact that people are more mental health oriented in general nowadays, so I think it comes up more plus the fact that things just keep getting more expensive and et cetera. Yeah. Like it's, it, it's a different generational thing. And I think people are just getting more, like there are just more cases of anxiety more and more, especially nowadays. Yeah. And I think it's relevant to be, um, be aware of that with um, Virgil because Virgil is like one of the first episodes that the series was about was about adulting. Yeah. And, being independent, and I'm, I know Virgil wasn't in that episode, but that type of thing is consistently on Thomas's mind, oh, yeah. and that contributes to a lot of what he says. Um, oh, I guess I didn't mention that we're doing, I, I always mention that this is like a character analysis of Virgil. Oh, yeah. So like, 
in that mindset, that's something that I pay attention to when I'm playing Virgil is just the uncertainty of life mm -hmm. and the life we live right now. Am, am I capable of doing the things that I need to? Yeah, which of makes thing. sense. I mean, there's a lot of like pressure through like other people, through media, through all this to be a certain way in life. Um, which is why I know like a lot of like neurodivergent people tend to struggle. <laughs> what, what occurs Sorry. there? I see you reacting. Do you like burp? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> My lord, today is an interesting one. I didn't think about it until it was too late. I went, okay. oh. I didn't hear it at all. I only just saw your face. Fantastic. <laughs> Sorry, audience. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... <laughs> Oh, I lost it. You burped my point Sorry. away. <laughs> what was I talking about? No, I'm anxious. Ah! Um, oh, yeah, no, there's just a lot of expectations to be certain ways, and it, it leads to a lot of people struggling because they feel like they're not doing their part being enough. Um, yeah. uh, especially because, again, like, people, you know, parents will get at you for that, like, family... Friends sometimes, like, you know, school and jobs, like, they all expect a certain thing out of you. And if you and honestly, feel like you have to live up to a certain bar or else you're failing at life. Yeah. And honestly, you can see that worry in every side. Mm -hmm. I mean, especially the ones we've recently talked about. Roman wants to be successful and is so, like, pressed about it. Patton wants to be right and is so pressed about it or just, like, wants to get this weight off of his shoulders and then logan is also like fighting to be heard yeah. and in not being heard he gets more nervous so like virgil has a lot of ammo i think yeah i, I think it's, there's something to be said in the fact that like i feel like in general you can see um some of each side and each other side i mean obviously like with exceptions like i think there's a little bit of each side and each other side if you look hard enough but I feel like Virgil shines, like, anxiety in them shines above, like, other, like, factors. Like, they all have something to be anxious about. In some, like, in some less than others. But, like, it's still, it's pretty potent. And, I mean, I guess I hadn't considered to put on the list of things that Virgil represents. I think when Logan said that Virgil has a seat at the table, which means it's probably a little more heightened oh, than yeah. most people's. I think as somebody who has an anxiety disorder and heavily relates to Virgil, mm -hmm. heavily, um, I think it's important. Another important thing to establish that Virgil feels like he has more of a voice because of how, uh, because he potentially is a part of someone who has an anxiety disorder or yeah. something that is, he, he, he has more power. Yeah, in, he holds a lot of stock in what Thomas feels. People. Yeah, than most sides is what I'm saying, yeah. So that's another thing point of contingency um, i i guess i i haven't really i don't i don't know if i talked about this before we started the podcast but i've always said that virgil's the most powerful side oh yeah we, we've definitely had conversations about it i know um I which believe, makes sense yeah. because his i feel like this is true just about anyone with anxiety but like if you are anxious about something that shines above any other thought a lot of times it shakes everything oh yeah it shakes everything unfortunately like uh, I don't ask to your friends with anxiety disorders, but um, just the mindset that if if Virgil's worried about something and he's not being consoled in any way, he could take Thomas down, mm -hmm. like even in bed. And literally the whole "you tried, you failed, let's go to sleep." Yeah. Oh, oh, <laughs> that listen. <laughs> not a time or the hide under the cover until the sun goes away. That is 
Very true. <laughs> honestly. And, yeah. and I mean, honestly, unchecked anxiety is what leads to, like, panic attacks, even. Yeah. It's just, you know, it, 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 there's such a detrimental effect to ignoring Virgil for too long. Yeah. And, I, and, and, and that's, again, that's even assuming you can ignore Virgil, which you really can't. I really, I, someday, I, I guess I just have never closely, like, in deep conversation interacted with anyone who doesn't have an anxiety disorder to some extent, or <laughs> intense anxiety, because, like, I don't know what that would look like. Yeah, I feel like, and I mean this with the utmost respect for people who don't have anxiety, but I feel like if I talked to someone that didn't have a similar level of anxiety to me, I'd be a little offended. <laughs> I'd be like, how dare I, you exist better than I do, you monster. I don't think, I actually, I actually had an interaction like that very recently. <laughs> but like, it was, in this person, there's no hate to people who don't have that level of anxiety, but I just want to like, understand how your brain works. Because like, I only see Virgil through the lens of an anxiety disorder. Yeah. Because I have one. So this person, I was, uh, we were, we were at work. And we were talking about, um, mis I, I was, I was a server at one point. And when we were talking about making mistakes, cause someone was really like frustrated at a mistake they made or something. And the boss kind of came down on them or something. Mm. And so this person just kind of goes, I mean, if I make a dumbass mistake, I'm going to be okay with that because like the boss can tell me that and it's a dumbass mistake. It's all right. Like I know, but if like, I didn't, then I'll have something to say, but like, yeah, no, if I made a dumbass mistake, I'll just accept it and move on. And I went, how? You're gonna just, what? You're not, what, huh? You mean that's say, not what? gonna ruin your next week? Not gonna ruin your day? <laughs> what? How do you not think about that for the next two months? And I mean, that's all I ever think about. That's, that's something that I just, I don't talk to people like that as close. And I, I wish I want to at some point, but like, I, I guess that's what I'm trying to say here is that my lens of Virgil is very disorder. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it just, it just is. You're used to being around people who, who just like struggle with it constantly. And the thing is like Virgil does have a seat at the table when I have, when I, I'm dealing with some kind of decision or conversation in my head or something like I'm just very aware mm -hmm. that my anxiety is part of it. Um, like what can cause me, what, which action is going to cause the least anxiety? Is that a route that I'm willing to take? Blah, blah, Yeah. So. <laughs> He's a powerful boy at the end of the day. He has a lot of, I, he has a lot of hold on what goes on. It's very interesting. Anyway. <laughs> um, so. Oh, is there anything before, else we, sorry. Yeah. Oh, Please. That's actually oh, what I wanted. I, you, you were about to segue, and I was about to be like, well, also before we segue, I, I, I just want to reference the fact that usually around this time, before we start getting into the episodes, we would talk about what we theorized would happen if a side were to duck out. But the thing oh. is, today, we really don't need to do that, because Sandersides did it for us. I have, I have a lot to say about that episode. I think that episode is fascinating. Mm -hmm. That's the episode that made me fall in love with Sanderside, so I'm really, I'm stoked to get there. Oh yeah, we're gonna get there. We'll, we'll go, we'll go one episode at a time. We oh. don't have to think about how Virgil would duck out, because he did. Yeah, I just wanted to reference that, because that, that was like, that the, the became the consistent pattern, and, um, and now we it can. Did, also, I just want to yeah. reference something, I don't know if I've mentioned in the podcast before, but I just heard it. I'm so sorry about my squeaky, squeaky chair. 
<laughs> I hear it constantly. I don't know if it bothers anyone. Watch now, it's gonna bother everyone. But like, I hear it happen, and I know it must get picked up. And I don't listen back, but I'm like, I know it must get picked up, and it drives me nuts. And I try not to move too much so it doesn't do it, but like, it just sort of happens because I adjust. So sorry. I, mean, I I don't hear it, but I also know we. If you've gotten this far in the podcast, I have a feeling you're you. There may be some neurodivergent fans out there <laughs> listening to us. I think <laughs> there's probably a chance. <laughs> That's my concern: is that people with ADHD is going to like hyper focus on that sound and they're like. Mm. Well, that's why I've already been hyper focused on it, and then be like, "Thank you, somebody said something." I'm so glad. Nine episodes in, you finally fucking said something. <laughs> you finally said something. <laughs> oh my funny. god. <laughs> also, okay. wait, one more thing to mention. This is dating the yeah. episode, but like, this is this. We're, we're recording this on the anniversary. I can't we believe are. we didn't say that up until now, but like... Seven years, man. Seven years. Crazy. Let's date this video. Let's date this video. Let's take it out for a nice dinner and date I... Oh my god. It's crazy, because, I mean, just a minor little reflection. I mean, I know I said this before, but I've been watching since the beginning, and I've watched my life change over the seven years mm-hmm. that I've been watching Sandersides. It's crazy. Yeah. Like, thinking back to the Amy who started watching Sandersides, I was... Very different. A very different human. <laughs> so it's just, it's really cool to watch, to have had Sanders sides come with me. No, honestly, it's strange because it's one of those things that, again, like, in recent time, like, mental health uh, content has become now so important to me. And it's funny to think that, like, this silly show that I started watching started to teach me so much about, like, the world and myself. And it's just so interesting that, like... It's just that, that we have, like, not only is it something that has taught us, but now it has caused, like, so many conversations between us that it's caused a podcast. Like, it's gotten podcast so and, into our brains and the, the way we I mean, think about mental health. Yeah, I mean, that's honestly how we became friends. That is so Partially. interesting. Sandra said literally is the reason not only this podcast exists, but, like, our friendship exists to an extent. Mm-hmm. Because, like, obviously we met, like, we, like, you interacted on my video. Oh, no, you you, you interacted with me because of a Sanderson's video I made, too. Video, That's yeah. so funny. Isn't that crazy? My God. Yeah. Thank but you, Sanderson. I knew, honestly, at the beginning of me being on TikTok, I was seriously looking for friends because I was so, I was getting so addicted to Sanderson's mm-hmm. that, like, I needed someone to talk to about it and I needed someone to geek with me so like I gained so many friends that I hold so dear now mm-hmm. like it's just so that's really neat yeah. happy anniversary yeah. Sandersides yay oh Sandersides hoopla hoopla <laughs> sounds like a lot of hoopla. oh wow you're the one who referenced it usually that's me oh, oh I love referencing Spongebob it's if I so can it's so classic we Very love good. that old Spongebob yeah no, we, oof, that's a whole topic. I oh, I wasn't going to say a dang thing. I wasn't even going to make a noise because I was like, I know, I will. Ooh. But I can't I can't walk past it without showing my distaste for the current Spongebob. Nope. Yeah, no, that's so valid. I mm-hmm. refuse to watch current. I refuse to watch current. Nope. Oh, anyway. man. Anyways. Um, <laughs> so, what? Is the, what are the episodes that Virgil's journey has gone on? Where is he going? Well, How did he get here? I think the first one to talk about would be taking on anxiety. The very first... Oh I mean, that's not even an episode, really. 
It's sort of just a. It's, I don't even know what you classify. I think it's as. an episode. No, is it? Yeah. Yeah. We're talking about the one with Lily Singh, right? Yeah, that's a Sandersides episode. No, I would not agree with that sentence. It's, it's in the list. Word. It's in the list. It, it was the first time he said, "Please welcome my anxiety." That, I think it just stuff. throws me off because that has such a different format. That's, it doesn't feel like a like an episode of Sanderson. Oh, it no, feels like because, an aside. Is what it feels like. Yeah, but like, I mean, technically, but like that's the thing. The earlier Sandersides, as I say, or as we've mentioned, the earlier episodes of Sandersides were supposed to be one-off. They that's, weren't any. It wasn't supposed to be a series. Um, still so. Weird and I remember, that. I remember watching that episode and not really. I, as I say, like at that point in Sandersides, no one was really looking at it as a series. It was that's just true. kind of a, a mind, a, a like, oh, that's a cool video. Yeah. But because that character turned into Virgil, it made it became a really relevant episode to Sandersides. That's true. I guess the format wasn't like solidified enough yet. <laughs> it's so weird to think about. Anyways, taking on anxiety. I remember nothing about that episode to be completely honest. Uh-huh. I know there's people who have had really intense issues with anxiety in general who have told me that they really didn't like that episode really? because of how uh, how surface it is um, and not like deep anxiety compared to like comparing that episode to accepting anxiety there's a very clear difference in how anxiety is discussed I mean I suppose because sometimes, but that's the thing like sometimes with anxiety disorders taking a deep breath doesn't help like it does but it doesn't like solve anything whereas it kind of that episode kind of made it look like that's it that's true i will also i I will try to defend and say that maybe that was a point in this you could clarify that as a point in the series where thomas's anxiety was starting to surface but had not reached the depths of which it is now so maybe the anxiety he was feeling at the time was low enough to be solved by such simple solutions? I mean, yeah, because anxiety can be a disorder that forms later. Yeah. Like, we don't I know, know how anxiety... deep the anxiety disorder was at that point. That could, like, anxiety at that point still could have been something as simple as, like, social anxiety. That's a fair point. Which, like, um... I know when I'm dealing with social anxiety, a, like, a deep breath is something that is pretty beneficial. Not, like, not a fix-all, like, type of thing, but definitely, like, assists. I mean, I think it's relevant to regular anxiety in general because you're looking at it as the villain already. Like, that episode introduced Virgil as the villain. That's true. So I think it's interesting how, like, if you don't think about your anxiety much, mm-hmm. but it happens, like, it's not something that's positive to you no. first. Especially if you have some kind of disordered anxiety. So those are just tips for like a regular day. Mm-hmm. But even then, he was framed as the villain. Yeah, oh yeah. Which well, I think it's so really weird to think he was the villain for a while. Mm-hmm. It's important to frame him that way because that's part of his story arc. Yeah. Because he was looked on uh, every move he made, he was kind of criticized for. Yeah, which I mean makes sense because like it's something that really messes with your mind so it's really easy to look at that part of yourself and be like that's the dumb part i don't want that part because it only makes me feel bad things there's nothing beneficial here mm-hmm. and uh poor virgil i've had well that's the thing i've had a lot of time in therapy and we'll talk about this as we go mm-hmm. i've had a lot of time in therapy to recognize that like most of the parts in you are just trying to assist you in some way mm-hmm. and even if it's disordered and 
hard to deal with or very, very difficult to deal with. That doesn't mean that it your brain is trying to do something to hurt you. Your brain is trying to do something to fix a problem. Yeah. It's easy to assume yeah. self-sabotage when in reality yeah. it's just your brain trying to be like, hey, watch out because I'm trying to protect you as opposed to like, hey, suck it. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's what's cool about how, I mean, I guess the next episode Virgil appeared in was the new year of lying to myself, mm-hmm. but I like how he, how Thomas really put the next episode that Virgil was kind of the central focus mm-hmm. as the dark side of Disney. Oh yeah, that's because a good one. Because it immediately softened him up. Something oh. was a little more like, oh, he's actually kind of not as scary. Uh-huh. I mean, he is scary, but like, you know what I'm saying? He's spooky. Like, but it shows that spooky. there's like not as much malicious intent there as we may assume. Yeah, he's spook, but he like, hmm. <laughs> it's not as, it's not as like, ah, it's like, a, oh, oh. He's scared, but he really care. Oh my god. Don't don't credit need, me on that one. I heard that somewhere else. I need, my, I need it stitched into my hoodie. <laughs> He's scared, but he do care. <laughs> I feel like I got that from Game Grumps of all places, but I don't remember oh, what the context was. I don't know. It, it is a good one for Virgil though. You and I you and I both have a lot of YouTube stored in our brains, so <laughs> we have just various YouTube references of somewhere. Yeah, it's, um, it's just, they start to get detached from their original sources, and they're just like words in your brain after a while. Yeah. So, yeah, the dark side of Disney was the first time he's not really the villain. Yeah, it and... shows that like he actually cares about some things, mm-hmm. as opposed it, to just hates on everything. It rounded him out as a character. Yeah. Yeah. So. It, and it immediately, sh- I don't know. It's just. Interesting. It was interesting to watch Roman be so against him too. Like you're kind of learning along with Roman Patton and Logan yeah. that Virgil's not villain. Like I think it's interesting that this was just something that started to happen in real time. Kind of. Mm. If that makes sense. Yeah, it's a good We're episode all... to show that like you can't always assume someone's intentions just because their reactions and feelings towards things hurt you or make you feel uncomfortable. It just, you know, sometimes people just have different thoughts, and that doesn't mean they're doing so through malicious intent. Mm-hmm. Correct. So, yeah. Crazy. 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 What's the next episode, Deborah? Next up is My Negative Thinking, the debate episode between Logan and Virgil. Why do you think that one's the... Why was that... Why is that relevant, do you think? Um, well, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I think I got nervous because I didn't expect the question. That's fair. No, I'm. I'm, I'm trying just, to remember the episode well enough. Here's the deal. I could talk circles around Virgil forever, and I just want to give you space. No, you're talk. so fair. Trust me, I know there's. <laughs> I, I know there's a couple old. things in, in some of the next ones that like I'll have more to say about. Yeah. I think there's I mean, certain episodes I forget that. some of the the impacts of because I haven't seen them in a while. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So you might need to, my might need to handle this one. <laughs> yeah, no, you're good. I feel, I feel um, terrible saying that on the Sanderson's podcast, and I'm like, I have no idea how this relates to our core subject, but you know what they say, I am, in fact, the layman. So, no, you're good, try you're... my best. I, and I mean, we're next, next, next time we talk about uh, Janice, Ooh, you'll have... I'll have so, things no, I, to I, say. No, listen, this is, this is just my... This is just my moment, I guess. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> my my thinking, palace moment. Um, no, we're not there yet. <laughs> not there yet. Yeah, no. 
<laughs> but um, okay. So my negative thinking happens, um, and I mean, he's still kind of being established as not the villain. He's starting to participate in conversation more, and he's starting to really come into that. I guess we could kind of theorize that Thomas didn't have an anxiety disorder before. I mean, I'd be willing to, because I mean, he as he's exploring his mental health more and more, I mean, there are things that would eventually spark more and more anxiety. And therefore, like, would increase the anxiety and increase his space at the table. I mean, the fact that he was... The fact that earlier in the series he's less around and then later he's, like, constantly around, I think says a lot. Obviously, obviously you could put... You can uh, take some of that to mean just, like, oh, because he wasn't there as a character yet and therefore, like, he was added later in the series because he was added later in the, later in the series. But, like... Yeah. I think there is something to say that, like, he had a lesser amount of anxiety and it grew over time as he was dealing with all the various things he dealt with in other episodes in his life. So, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Um, but I, I added my negative thinking to the list because it's... Virgil, in the previous episode, was called a defeatist by Logan. Mm-hmm. And he felt kind of put down. Um, I've, I've found it interesting that Virgil really started to want a place in the group. Hmm. You can kind of see him wanting to be a part of the conversations and wanting to be accepted by everybody. Um, which, I mean, lines up with things in the future. But I guess that's something that I am kind of realizing in the moment. I'm like, oh, actually. It is interesting. Uh, so with my negative thinking... Um, Hearing Logan be like, I, I, you did a good job, and I respect your opinion, even though it's cognitive distortions everywhere. Uh-huh. Uh, I think that you can see that that meant something to him, so it kind of gives that mindset of Virgil wants to feel included and feel accepted. And, and feel like, understood more than what anything. He's doing. So. Yeah, and feel validated. Honestly, oh my God, saying that out loud actually... Like, I know we were saying that with Patton, uh-huh. but I've always been like, I don't know if Patton really fits me as, like, a like. I don't know if I fully agree with everything that Patton's doing. Like, I'm not really mm-hmm. relating that hard to Patton, whereas, like, with Virgil, that's a lot of me. So I guess yeah, I'm Yeah, the wanting to be understood. How much validated. I get Virgil. Yeah, I'm just starting to really solidify my, my kin energy with Virgil, yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> I'm not surprised by this information at all with you. It's probably, like, clear as a bell to everybody else, and now it's like, oh, actually. Well, you're wearing a Virgil hoodie as we speak right now, so. I, I love him. <laughs> anyway. See, it's interesting because right now you are the most, like, your side. Like, as um, I'm sure we mentioned it in the podcast before, but um, the visual on the YouTube version, uh, we have paper clips holding up our name tags. Um, yeah. Yours is Virgil and mine is Patton. You're the most Virgil you can be right now with a Virgil hoodie. Meanwhile, I'm wearing a spider on my shirt, so... I just found that a funny little ironic twist there. I don't know why I needed to mention that at this moment. But we intentionally... We planned that. Man, if it helps at all, I'm still an arachnophobe. I'm still horribly arachnophobic. And now that I said that, I'm really uncomfortable looking at the spider legs in the screen. <laughs> Virgil. Uh... <laughs> um, but yeah, no, the he's... That's a pretty big 
plot point. We don't necessarily know why he wants to feel included. I mean, I know everybody has this sense of belonging. They want to belong somewhere. Yeah. But for some reason, Virgil really seems to want to be accepted. And I think that also lines up with anxiety in general because, as I say, like every part, the, there are parts of you that need to feel validated, to heal. Mm-hmm. And if you're not giving them that kind of space, then they lash out. Mm. And I think with Virgil, that's a very clear example of that. Oh, yeah. And we see him do that plenty. That validation, right. Mm. So the next on our list is... I love that episode. episode. That's a great episode. episode. I don't remember. How did he spell that, Amy? I don't know. I don't spell. (laughs) Did you already forget exactly what came out of your mouth tried to do? I lost the spelling bee, so. Oh. Yeah. You walked up and then you're like, where's the spelling cue? Damn it! Um, <laughs> dumb joke. He gave me a word and I went, what? And that was the end. <laughs> Can you use end that in a number, please? It's like, um, <laughs> you're eliminated just off of that. Um, <laughs> accepting anxiety. So ex- accepting anxiety is what I meant to say. Um, and, oh boy, I love this episode. It's the one where Virgil ducks out. Quack. <laughs> because he, you can really, that was good. Thank you, Thank Pat. You. Um, there were, you really have this, like, kind of arc of Virgil wanting to feel included and starting to feel a little accepted and then, like, dipping back down into, like, not feeling accepted and then kind of coming up. And it really, like, you can see it happen in in the episodes after my negative thinking he has this high and then he goes back down because he gets kind of beat down a little more and then at that point he leaves because he feels like he's not necessary Mm. he's still looked at as a villain yeah this poor thing his spooky vibe was his downfall and this is like you said is where a lot of that um insecurity we were talking about like last week um or whenever it was more than last week it was a couple weeks ago with uh roman where we said that they have a lot of those similarities in uh, being insecure. Uh, this is where his insecurities come in because he he's just like, you don't even need me, I'm going to drag you down type of energy. Yeah. And that's so sad. And unfortunately, I don't think that it, I mean, this is a hypothetical, mm-hmm. the fact that Virgil can work out, but like, I think if something were to happen to Thomas that would cause a lot of anxiety, Virgil would lash out more if he continued to duck out. I think he'd still be there, but I think it would be stronger. You uh, you might need to run that by me again, because I don't think I understood what you meant. The, the idea that Virgil could duck out is fictional. I don't think there's a way to include that in a psychology standard. Oh, I think I see what you mean. So the, the idea of him ducking out, like, continuously. Yeah. I think that's the one part of Sandersides that I really feel like I don't think connects to reality psychology. Okay. But at the same that's time, the only one? That, where's not where's the cardigans the and the jam? No, I can't. Well, <laughs> I see what you mean. I see what you mean. It's a fair point. It's a fair point. <laughs> I but see what you I'm mean. Saying, though. Like that's that's almost like psychopathy there like the idea that you can just like yeah. turn off your feelings in that way like and have that risk of like them being turned off forever it's like no i think in that lens it, it's kind of like uh we talked about with Patton how Patton bottles up emotions mm-hmm. or like people like sometimes you can bottle up emotions and they lash out later um into frog um <laughs> but 
<laughs> but I think um, because in a reality situation, if you were to really start ignoring your anxiety completely, it would start becoming stronger. Yeah. I, that's interesting then. So the idea yeah. of ducking out then, like, I guess maybe it's a thing that could be done temporarily, but like is definitely not like a thing that would have lasted in the long term. No. Especially if there is disordered anxiety there, there's no way. Yeah. You'd start to feel physically sick. Yeah. That, like, would, that, would, that would bottle up real quick, and then suddenly... You'd start to feel physically sick. It would lead to an anxiety attack, I'm sure. Oh, many. many yeah, indeed. Yeah, Gosh. but... Um, oh, that's so sad, then. Wait a minute. So then, obviously this doesn't really play into anything super hard, because it didn't happen, but the idea that... I mean, I guess it already. I mean, I guess in some aspect it was already explored in the episode. But the idea that Virgil leaving did more harm than good, but even more so than he even realized, because him trying to take anxiety out of the equation would have led to a bigger influx of anxiety in the end of the day. So That's crazy. That that right there, you found you found. Also, I I know I'm holding this up for I, uh, just a random plug. This is the Ono Roller. If anybody's wondering. <laughs> Um, I'm holding the thing in my hand on Spotify and I keep holding it up and I imagine people being like, what's in Amy's hand? Mm. It's an owner roller. Um, go check Bridget it out. Toys. It's, not sorry. sponsored. Not sponsored by owner roller, but honestly, it, they're amazing. Owner Hands roller, down. call they're, us. They're the best. Um, anyway, Send me one. Uh, they're, they're great. They're oh, great. they are great. Uh, so, I used yours for a while when I was over there. You did. It was great. Uh, okay, so, um, what was I going to say? Oh, you were talking about uh, a talking point that I heavily relate to with Virgil oh. in that sometimes it really just feels like the efforts you give backfire on you. Mm. So you feel like you can't do anything right. Yeah. That's amazing. That is another thing that I think is pretty prevalent in Virgil even at the beginning in these episodes that we are kind of like glossing over a little bit, I think he does a lot of trying to help. And in trying to help, he is causing more friction mm. in the group. Yeah. And that's another reason he ducks out, I bet. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I heavily relate to that. <laughs> um, and it's the first time Virgil is really like clearly open and honest about his feelings about what's going on um, in accepting anxiety specifically. Um, and it's just, it's it's a real raw moment for Virgil. Oh, yeah. And I just, I really appreciate it. It's really good. As an episode, because it's really good. It's nice because the others the, come like, to find the, the leading to acceptance. Yeah. And I think that's a pretty pivotal thing in, in the series as a whole, because now Virgil's considered as like a valid part of the group. Yeah. He was. I mean, I guess he was before, but he was still in that lens of villain, and now he's, like, not. Yeah, I wouldn't say that before this he was really considered a valuable asset. And I think this is the one where they yeah. were all like, no, wow, we really need him, because, oh, my God, Thomas is falling apart. Yep. Oh, my God. I, it really took um, the whole thing of, like, seeing the contributions that aren't as, like, you know, motivated by, like, the energy that he was, you know, portraying up until that point. Mm -hmm. But yeah, 
Also, I also is... think. Oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say. Go also, ahead. this is the episode. Um, onto the last point that we have written is the episode that I, if we're correct, is the origin of his uh, dark voice, his deep voice, his spooky yeah. voice, whatever you want to call it. The the deeper like layered voice yeah. that he has. I think this is, as I've said, this is the episode that made me fall in love with Sanders Sides. And I think the big reason for that is, one, that Virgil got attention and got, like, that support that he needed. Because I, I didn't realize how much I loved Virgil up until that point, mm -hmm. I think. Um, but one of the real big things that sold me is the mindset of them going into Virgil's... Um, <sighs> the darkest part of Thomas's mind and staying there and causing a panic attack in Thomas. Mm. Like, I, I don't know if it's clear to everyone that that was a panic attack. It is. Yeah. Um, because, like, he is directly... He's watching the rest of his side spiral into doom. <laughs> yeah. And I thought it was fascinating to watch. You have to go into the dark place to take to to understand your anxiety to be able to pull it out like you have to really look at it from where it is yeah. and i mean while i don't agree that like anxiety can just disappear and i think you can just ignore it i think it is something to be said that you have to go and look at it mm -hmm. and recognize it as a valid part of you in the dark space yeah. to do that properly you gotta face your um, demons yeah, so with that being said, the spooky voice just kind of helps you get to know Virgil a little better. Mm -hmm. Because, like, I honestly don't think he just activated something I don't think so, no. to just do the spooky voice. I think he, the fact that the other sides were going down so far, it was starting to get to a place where that just naturally comes out. Oh, yeah, no, I don't think, it, it's definitely not an activated thing. I don't remember what episode it was specifically. It might have been... I think it was moving on, moving forward. It comes out and he's like, oh God. Like he has a moment where he's yeah. like, oh geez. So I, I, yeah. I think it's, it, it's sort of, it's more of a, it's more of a reaction. It's like an internal reaction that he can't stop. It's like his I, version I, of like, I was going to say his version of like something like the, like the shakes of anxiety, but like he has that too. Like, you know, it, it's, 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 it's one of those things that's triggered by uh, anxiety. Like it's yeah. his And I mean, I didn't really realize I had an anxiety disorder when I watched that episode, but now I think about it, like, the amount of things that you can't consciously control that are reactions, physical reactions to anxiety, if you oh, have yeah. an anxiety disorder, was, I guess that affirms that, too. That's mm -hmm. cool. I hadn't thought of it that way. Um, like, the shakes. Yeah. Because I know I get shakes. Oh, yeah. Uh, me, too. Rarely, yeah. but me, too. It's yeah. so to explain, To explain for those who don't have shakes... Um, if I feel trapped in any way, if I feel like I, I don't have a way to get out of a current situation or I'm, I have to make a decision that's really hard or I'm just stuck in some way, um, my body will physically start to vibrate mm -hmm. and I'll, it, it's like I'm cold. Like yeah, I'll just oh, sit yeah. there and shake and you can't see it. So like if, if someone came up to me and I was shaking like that, no one would be able to tell I was shaking. Um, unless it got really, really, really bad. Mm -hmm. But like, it's it's one of those things that I definitely recognize. And when that happens, it makes me go, oh, I'm anxious. See, I didn't <laughs> even I realize for the longest time what mine were. Cause like, 
I didn't physically shake, and I, I didn't know what the shakes were at, the, at that point, but I noticed that there were moments where I would get really anxious, and I would start yeah. to feel like that sort of feeling of feeling cold. My teeth would literally chatter, and I just, mm-hmm. it would be like I was in the Arctic all of a sudden, and I'd be like, what the hell is that? Why am I cold? And I finally realized I'm not cold. I'm just terrified. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, exactly, it's a really yeah. spooky experience to feel, because it's such a... It's such a like back and forth in the mind. It's like I know that I'm like I like I like it's warm in this room. I'm comfortable, but also why am I suddenly like it's like possession. It's really it's like a loss of control of your faculties. I think it's fascinating to think about that and then think about Virgil's voice. Uh-huh. And how he feels about that. Yeah. Excuse Whoa. me. I think I burped. Whoops. Whoa. We we both burped over the course of this episode. <laughs> No, I don't know if mine was picked up, but I definitely heard it audibly as I was speaking. <laughs> I'm, sorry, I'm so sorry. Yeah, she... See, that was that was that was the birth of my my spooky voice coming out. It starts as a burp, but it goes <laughs> the up. Birth. The burp. The burp. I made it. I almost made a mess. Sorry. Oh, no, don't. <laughs> don't mind me. As if we don't have enough things to be nervous about this episode. <laughs> oh my gosh. These were all planned. Um, <laughs> I wish they were. <laughs> But yeah, I, accepting anxiety is so cleverly written, I think, because of how important it makes Virgil. Mm-hmm. I think he was important before, but now you recognize how much he contributes to the group because he literally, like, saved Thomas from panic. He did, yeah. And like... the thing is, like, I think... That was just an easy scenario to get out of it because Virgil wasn't the one panicking. Mm-hmm. But if Virgil's the one panicking... Yeah, then he needs help. Because it is interesting that in that episode he's the one helping with like the breathing exercise, yeah. and then later on someone else needs to help him with an exercise, so it is interesting. Where does someone else help him? Wait, I don't remember. Uh, um, uh, Frozen episode. Him oh, and Thomas with the... Uh... The name five things or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should know, um, for those of you who are listening, um, I I straight up have been told the grounding techniques in my therapy sessions. Oh, and right. every time I think of Logan. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of the times that that type of thing happens in my life where I'm just like, well, that's Sanders. I got oh, that's that. <laughs> I mean, That's- I feel like you also have, like, an unfair advantage of, like, encountering it because you're, like, a psychology major specifically. So, like, you just encounter these terms a lot. The Yerkes-Dodson curve has shown up <laughs> so often. That and then the White Bear experiment from dealing with intrusive thoughts. Yeah. And there was another one. I can't remember. But the White Bear experiment came up, and I was like, I know that! And, like, I see it everywhere. But the Yerkes-Dodson curve I actually had to use in an essay. That's and I was like, <laughs> I got this. See, now all I'm thinking of is a, a golden girl in a condominium. In a condominium. Are <laughs> <laughs> you there? Am I done yet? <laughs> I love that. That's a good episode. It is a good episode. Um, oh my God. What was I going to say? Oh. We need to mention the Yerkes-Dodson curve in any way. I didn't really think about that. I can't think. Uh, I don't know enough about it to It's a solid curve. And it's, it's a solid recognition that you need that... Too much anxiety is is inhibiting, and then too little anxiety is not good. I mean, I feel like we pretty much covered that talking about how yeah. like people realized how Virgil had a lot more use than was realized because like the right amount of anxiety kept Thomas functioning as a person. 
Yeah. Whereas, you know, obviously too much is bad. Yep. Oh, yep. Virgil. Wow. Oh my god. Well, before we get to these next bunch of episodes, shall we take a quick Mind Palace moment? <laughs> Mind Palace moment? Yeah. Sure. Oh my god. Okay, so since this went suspiciously well last time, Patton says I have to do it again. So, eh, Virgil here with another unprepared haiku that y'all are forcing upon me. Um, you want more, really? I'm not even a writer. These aren't even good. Aren't even good. Wait, these aren't even good. Wait, did I just do it again? No, I don't want, I don't, I'm not even trying. I don't want to do this. And that was oh, a moment. moment. Man, Virgil haikuued so hard that I now have a hoodie on. Oh. His, his and also, I think so that was the first time that we've had a character episode where the character was... The moment? In yeah, that, that's that definitely right? something... That, I think so. I, can't, I Unless the other, one of the other ones lined up and we just didn't... Last time was... Logan. Last time was Logan, and that was well. Last time was Logan on the, on the uh, Q and A. Then the yeah, Roman then the episode had Patton, and then the Logan episode would have had I think Remus. It would have been Remus, yeah. If that's it was the Patton. order of how they go, I think. Yeah. So this is the first time where it's like serendipitously like led on, like landed on one of the episodes that is relevant to that character. Virgil is all powerful. Oh my God, Virgil wins. Virgil wins. Oh my god, that's why I'm wearing the hoodie because it's like the Virgil vibes, not because I mean, like not because the spider in my shirt was kind of kind of getting to me mentally, and I needed something that wasn't a spider. That's fair. Understandable. This one has my character on it. Ugh, yuck. Ooh, go check out Tech Reels accounts. Oh my god, Pashaw. check out, check out Amy's accounts. How dare you? Oh my god. You're gonna, you're gonna advertise me? I'm gonna advertise right back. Oh, oh, well, sh oh, shucks. Oh, O'Reilly's. Oh, no, oh, oh. <laughs> Every time someone says, oh, too many times sequentially, I have to say that. That's the best thing I've ever heard in my life. Do you, you, do, you do know what that is, right? Oh, of course I do. Oh, okay, I just wanna make sure. I didn't know how local of a thing that was. I just know that's one of those, like, oh, very meme commercials. Oh, yeah. oh, 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 yeah. <laughs> Oh my god. Anyway, um <laughs> we should really get back to the topic at hand. Forward. Oh my god. Uh so so the next episode that we're gonna talk about is fitting in. Yes. Because I think that's very Virgil Center used to Sorry. <laughs> You said so so and then my brain was like so Riley's <laughs> I can't stop it. It's just a curse. God, you're great. I love it. I love it. Um, okay, Anyways, okay, so... I'm, I'm cool now. <sighs> no, you're great. It's fantastic. Why my hair? Okay, anyway. Like, oh, um, don't so... don't even get on me about hair. I my hair has been annoying me this whole podcast. Whoopee! All right, now, <laughs> um, fitting in mm -hmm. is obviously a very Virgil-centric episode, as much as like they're identifying which sides, like wh which house they fit into for mm -hmm. them. Virgil doesn't really have a place, he feels like. So, like, it kind of bleeds into the idea that Virgil's wanting to feel belong, like, feel accepted in the group. So the sides are starting to really uh, headline that, I think, with the yeah. houses. And I love that this was the segue episode right after, I think. Segway episode? 
se- well, it segued right out of accepting anxiety. Like this oh, is the yes. first episode of season two. It's the first episode after accepting anxiety. It really like introduced the idea that Virgil is now a part of the group and yeah. we're going to include him as such. It sets up his involvement and sort of paves the way for like just the idea that he is now more or less friends with them. Friends may be a strong term at this point, but like he is, you know, friendly acquaintance with them. He he, he does not dislike them. Virgil or uh, Patton sure thinks there's a deeper connection, but I think Virgil is slowly working into that. The way my heart hurt the moment you said that. Oh, I was like, oh, it's almost like sadness and angst. Anyway, um, so <laughs> it's great. We love the angst. Oh my god! You should god. know if you're listening to this podcast, you definitely should know that I love angst, and I'm going to be cackling at angst because <laughs> it's just my favorite thing to watch characters really go through it. Oh yeah, <laughs> just because I really love the uh, growth that comes out of that. Usually, makes sense. Yeah. So. It's exciting to it's me. A lot of good stuff. Um, it's a lot yeah. of tragedy, but it's like good tragedy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. Well, you seemed very confused about that. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Oh, tragedy. Enjoying tragedy in oh, media is my Romeo point. Romeo and Juliet in and of itself. Yeah, yeah. The, no, yeah. I'm not comparing them to Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> Fitting in versus Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> yeah, you know, the perfect comparison. Harry Potter, wow. Shakespeare. <laughs> Actually, those two fit together if you watch a good certain episode of Doctor Who. Anyways, um, that's a real fact. It's crazy. But anyways. All right. Um, so... Fitting in. Something I want to point out with fitting in um, is the mindset that in the fandom, when this episode came out, I don't know if this was when I saw it or if I saw it after, but someone pointed out to me that when Virgil is going through the four houses at the end of the episode, he's just like, I'm this, but I'm not this. I'm this, but I'm not this. And he's trying to really find which house identifies him. The Ravenclaw one, when he puts Ravenclaw on, he goes, I'm a problem identifier, not a problem solver. And it immediately cuts to Logan going, uh, well, I, mm. and then he just brushes it off like nothing happened. Hmm. I find that extremely interesting yeah. <laughs> because I don't know if that's, I, I don't know if we're, if that's kind of the establishment that he actually is a Ravenclaw or in Ravenclaw, or if, I, I don't know, I think it's possible that Virgil hasn't necessarily taken the time to look at his uh, self-reflect in a way that really gives him the space to identify with a certain house. Because I think he's still very much in the mindset that his contributions don't completely matter. That's fair. Or aren't helpful. I mean, it's definitely, like, plays into that sort of insecurity of... It's it's hard to accept uh, anything good about yourself, especially when you have things like anxiety. It's hard to be able to fully identify that in yourself because it yeah. just doesn't feel correct. You're, you're sort of hyper-focusing on other things that may seem bigger or have bigger impact overall. So it makes sense why he'd have trouble identifying that in himself. I think that's interesting. I haven't thought about that before until we started talking about fitting in just now. Yeah. And I was like, Ooh. It is interesting. Uh, so the question is, is he Ravenclaw? But that's not I even the so. point of I the episode. I don't think he fits in Slytherin. Huh? I don't think he's a Slytherin. Fair. 
I don't think. Because, as I say, Slytherin is very, like, they're very, uh, I want to say clever. Mm-hmm. Like, really smart people. My sister's a Slytherin. So, like, mm-hmm. they're very smart people who can find their way out of situations. Whereas, like, not that Virgil can't do that, but he's not doing it in a way that is... I don't know. I, I, what am I trying to say? I think Virgil isn't doing it... He doesn't make decisions based on his ego, mm-hmm. I guess. Whereas some, I feel like Slytherins tend to do that and kind of like find a way to success that isn't necessarily the uh, way that doesn't break rules, mm-hmm. I guess. Because I feel like that's a pretty big, I don't know, maybe, I, I'm talking to somebody who knows a lot about Harry Potter. I was going to say, I have no um, idea enough about any of this to know any of this. Because I've I seen think, some Harry Potter, I don't know enough to be able to be like, this is what makes this to house, this is what makes this one. My brain, I don't know if there's anyone in the in the audience right now that like knows about Divergent. My brain wants to be like, erudite. he's an erudite. But that's a whole different. We're, we're go, we don't need that. Sure. But it, it, he's he's he thinks through things logically. They're like, but I guess it's illogical. But like, I I just I see it. I don't know why, but I see it. Mm-hmm. I see why he's Ravenclaw. I can see why he's in the same park as Logan. That's fair. In that sense. Well, I guess he's at just, the end of the day, this episode was less about who they actually are and what they feel comfortable identifying as. Yeah. Because that's the thing. It's that, like, it's not even about what is logically fully true. I know that's where the argument would come in a lot of the time, but the whole point of him not choosing one is because he doesn't feel comfortable enough with any of them. It's like trying to tell someone who to kin. So you can't tell someone who to kin. Yes, and I think think my interest in finding out which house he's actually in, it stems from... Because, like, when I do character analysis, I think about what the character perceives of themselves mm-hmm. and then what they actually are. Yeah. Uh, so, like, um, Roman plays off like he's fine and he denies a lot and he just kind of focuses on his goal instead of actually reflecting on what's happening mm-hmm. or what's, sh- like, the logic behind it. In the same vein, I think Virgil has a lot of potential to be very uh, logical in that way, but I don't think he gives that to himself. He doesn't, he doesn't, he's not trusting himself. Yeah, I was going to say, there's a lack of trust there that would prevent him otherwise, like, feeling more secure and knowing what to do a lot of the time. Yeah, and I think, I I know that the plot of fitting in is where you're most comfortable, but I'm over here like, character analysis, though. That's right. Where are you? (laughs) But, like, it is interesting that, like, that he might be Ravenclaw. Now, I have to ask just briefly, because I'm sure that someone will ask if I don't ask right now. Between us, what what do you say are our houses? Because you seem to know a lot more about this than I do, and I have no idea enough to oh, know. Oh, boy. I'm um, intrigued, just like briefly before we continue. Because now we're not even so done about I'm, talking about fitting in. Well, I did the Pottermore quiz a long time ago, and I got Hufflepuff. See, I, I think I am... What? I think I, I said I think I did it too that Pottermore quiz, but I don't remember if I, well, I don't remember what I got. I yeah, I think the Pottermore quiz. I it really is where you're most comfortable, I guess. 
But um, see, I don't know. I, who, think... I don't know enough about the houses. Tell me where to be. Who yeah. am I? Well, <laughs> Hufflepuff is the. I mean, I love how I'm pulling from Sanders side saying yeah. this. Hufflepuff is the loyal and friendly ones. So they're very sweet, and they're also very. Uh, they tend to be very. I mean, with the friendly aspect, they're very social people and they're very artistic. And it's like a, oh, I really want to talk about that divergent. My ADHD is going off, but it's okay. I'm not going to do that. We'll talk about that later. Um, but uh, very friendly, artistic, happy, mm -hmm. go lucky kind of style. Um, Gryffindor is very brave, very. Um, like really knows what they want and goes for it. Like the hero, I guess, the Prince Charmings, if you will, mm -hmm. um, literally. What, like that's why Roman's like me, the brave ones. Like he's immediately like in Gryffindor because that's, yeah. and Harry put himself into Gryffindor because he's very, like he's the hero. Yeah. Um, and they're all very like confident people. Um, Ravenclaw is very book smart and very like, uh, mm -hmm. uh, scientific and logical and just very from what i've understood i can feel harry potter fans getting offended <laughs> but like this is how i've understood it yeah but ravenclaw tends to be very um logical thinking and very um book smart and um calm introverted mm -hmm. just kind of not really i'm not gonna go you know I'm not going to go on a horse with a sword and just go off. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. I'm just going to stay actually study and figure out how to defeat the dragon mm -hmm, without mm -hmm. that. Um, and then um, uh, Slytherin, from what I'm understanding, are um, have a bit more of a wit and a cleverness to them that I think it's kind of a combo of Logan and Roman, I almost mm -hmm. feel like. Like the, um, they're considered the villains because they have a drive. They have such an intense drive, but it doesn't always follow logic. They're just, they're clever. Clever is the word that I keep thinking of with Slytherin. Um, very, like, um, they don't always have a heart for other people in a sense. I'm, I can feel people getting offended. I'm just, <laughs> It's like a, um, uh, I don't know, their focus is more on achieving their goals. And if anyone gets in the way, I'm going to step on Janice, I guess. Yeah. 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 Dude, I, I wouldn't worry too hard about offending the Harry Potter fans. Nobody can offend them more than the person who wrote the books. Anyways. Damn. Uh, <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. I, I mean, that's yeah. the most I'll say about that situation. But like, I just yeah. just do a sheer fear. No Call one could possibly well, do yeah. them wronger than the person who brought them all there. Call them out. Woo. But um, we call her out. But um, no, I think I would probably place myself around Ravenclaw or Hufflepuff. Um, I don't think I'm very Gryffindor, <laughs> and I don't think I'm very Slytherin. Mm -hmm. um, I tend to be a very happy-go-lucky individual while also being very, very logical. Mm -hmm. um, I would, I mean, because now that we've connected Janice with Slytherin, I honestly would probably place you near Slytherin or near um, Ravenclaw. Interesting. Okay. Um, but honestly, the Pottermore quiz is probably going to... Probably. 
I mean, everybody says like, you're what the Pottermore quiz tells you, that's your house. And I'm like, I don't fully agree with that anymore because I've changed so much as a person that I think Ravenclaw is more my speed than it used to be. Also, a quiz is only going to get you so far in any... It's like saying, determine your life, but like your life goal by a BuzzFeed quiz. It's like, it's not going to be as accurate as you always want it to be. Even an extensive quiz is not going to always get the intricacies of a person. Yep. So, but interesting. Okay. I can be done with being a Slytherin. I want to be yeah. a spooky boy. I don't know if they're spooky boys, but I'll be one of I want to be snake boy. But that's, I mean, that's pretty much like they're willing. Gryffindor is willing to do it uh, in a in a brave way and also heroic way, whereas like Slytherin is more of a tendency to be a villain because they're more willing to like step through people's success in the process. <laughs> I think, or they're more focused on their own goal. Which is determined, and it's a lot like Gryffindor. Okay. But I don't think it's the same. Yeah. Watch out for me. <laughs> Someone tell me in the comments if I did a good job at that. I have no idea if I did a good job at all. <laughs> I'm sure you know. did pretty good. But yeah, I do think Virgil doesn't fit in Slytherin. I really don't. Yeah, I okay. would never Virgil in Slytherin. No. Makes sense. Um, it's just, it's too... I feel like it would take him on too much of a guilt trip like I, I think he'd be really really guilty in Slytherin fair there's too much yeah. anxiety there to conform to some of the natures of what a Slytherin usually is I guess is the uh, consensus here yeah that's so interesting I'm glad they used that trope because it really Virgil really is kind of an enigma that I can see how he doesn't feel comfortable in any house yeah. with the position um, but I do still think he's a Ravenclaw fair enough <laughs> All right, we need to get anyway. going. <laughs> we're yeah. like at the uh, we're we're reaching the time I think at least I we haven't edited this episode yet, but we're reaching the time at least in recording where these episodes are usually like up the upper amounts of like what is usually an episode. So we need to get going with these last bunch. All right. Well, the next episode is can lying be good? Because I love I love I, I the reason I place these episodes here is because I love them. No, I'm just kidding. But um, <laughs> I mean, we do love them. We do love them, but I think this is a very important episode because it establishes that Virgil and Janice connection. Mm. Which makes sense because this episode establishes Janice. One of my favorite things to do in Sandersides, and this is just proof of the the cleverness of Thomas and his team, just the idea of how you've got to watch every frame that comes on with a character. Every time Virgil's on screen, there's times where he just kind of looks at the camera and is like, or just looks at Patton and it's just like, um, See, I need to look that's back not at right. That. Something's weird. The last time it's, I saw that episode, knowing it was Janice, um, I was looking more at Patton than anyone else. So I need to look mm-hmm. at Virgil again the next time I watch that. But I mean, I think that's any episode of Sanders Sides you watch. I think it's really important to watch the little mini frames of reactions mm-hmm. because those reactions are so pivotal to knowing what that side is thinking yeah. and knowing where that side is coming from. Mm-hmm. And I think in that specific episode, there are many shots where Virgil's like, that was weird, Patton. Why did you say it that way? Mm-hmm. And you can tell, I think, I, I can't really stand by this because I haven't seen Ken Lang be good in a while, but I think you can see the moment or the general idea of where Virgil's pretty convinced that's Janice. Ooh. Like, you can start to see him, instead of being like, that's odd, it's more of a, 
fuck you. <laughs> like a, it's you, isn't it? More of a like you're yeah. Like as soon as they come out of the theater, the entire time Virgil is just pissed. He just looks angry. This poor boy. It's crazy. I love it. Um, but I think that that's obviously a point of uh, we don't know yet why Virgil and Janice have such trouble with each other. Yeah. But um, I think it's really important to notice that there is a past there that Virgil's trying to escape from. Mm. And you can tell. Um, interesting vibes. And that's the first time you see that. Yeah. What might, yeah. The, what might the future hold in regards I to don't their know. past? I love those two. I love them so much. They're just the that's my favorite in the series. It always will be. I love it so much. So I love it. I love it. I love oh it. my god. Well, next up, embarrassing phases. Talking about this poor boy. <laughs> This is a rough one for Virgil, I'd say. Because Virgil yeah. encounters a couple things. Yep. It's like, right out the gate, Virgil just wants to have a good day. He just wants to have a good spooky vibe day. And all he's met with is just confusion and, you know, people patronizing him. Or just being like, um, you're not even doing your job? How dare you? And it's like, they are whoa! Wrong. They really come in with a vengeance. They really They're do! It's like, all you want to do is spook! The judgment. It's so that, unfortunate. It's like, it's, man. That seems to be a trend. Because I'm noticing we, we heard that with uh, Patton. Because Patton gets judged a lot like that. Yeah. And I guess Roman does too. So like... I mean, they all judge each other quite a bit because they all have very like different mindsets. Yeah, but they really gang up on each other occasionally. Oh, that's what you mean. Yeah, I guess that is true. Every once in a while, they all like. There's one side that everyone will just be like, "You, you're the bull. You're, you're you're the punching bag today. You're coming. We're coming at you." We all. That's feel every away. side. So far, that's every side so far. You think so? Yeah, because Logan gets ignored, so he gets talked over and just completely disregarded. Patton is the childish one, so he, in in everyone people's minds. Him. Everyone underestimates him, so they'll gang up on him that way. Yeah. Roman is just in fantasy land. <laughs> so everyone's not talking just, about reality. Just not so and then, yeah, and then Virgil is is a little too much sometimes yeah. in their minds. Those are all things that like I don't agree that those sides are being, but oh, yeah. they're getting told that they are. Interesting. Wow. Meanwhile, they're Sand. also saying, like, Janice the villain and Remus the obstruction. I'm so ready to learn about their stories more. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm so ready. But, um, but, yeah. Yeah, no, so everyone gangs this... up on Virgil in this one. Um, Good example. On top of there being some patent issues. Because. Yes. So, um, what was it? In learning new things about ourselves, I believe? There's a point mm -hmm. in that episode where, where Virgil sets up a boundary with Patton because I think that's huge. Oh, the fact yeah. that he even knew that alone, we probably should have added we that to the list because that's relevant because that's the first time Virgil stood up for himself. He really did and it's really nice to see him stand up for himself. Uh in any Gilbert. form. Um but the idea that um what was it? He I, you remember the quote better than I do. I always muddle it up. The the, the thunder, it? the thunder <laughs> I don't always like when you talk about me like I'm some innocent, harmless angel. And then, I don't remember exactly what he says, but it goes, it takes away my uh, thunder. Yeah. So he, he sets up this boundary pattern that like he wants to be treated less like, 
you know, a little baby boy. Um, but in this episode, because I've seen people online plenty talk about, like, Virgil being kind of a Claude to Patton in this episode. But as someone who has experienced people breaking boundaries in the past, um, when you try to very clearly state why this is a boundary and why you need certain things to be a certain way, um, especially when they're pretty simple things to abide by, you know, you can start to see in this episode why Virgil, hearing Patton, because there's a couple moments in this episode where Patton um, sort of breaks that boundary slightly, obviously unintentionally, but where he, you know, um, is patronizing Virgil at the beginning uh, by trying to be like, oh, you totally scared me, kiddo, don't worry. Or, like, there's a moment, I think, where he, like, starts to and then cuts himself off when he's, like, calling Virgil some sort of, like, cute stuff. So it's it's immediately breaking this boundary that he had set and something that's really important to him. So clearly when he sees that type of thing happen with someone he just set that with, it's going to be very frustrating. Yeah. And I think uh, in another sense, like, there's an element of patience that comes with boundaries that I think Virgil gives him to an extent, mm-hmm. but because it happens so frequently in that episode... Virgil starts to, like, get harder about mentioning, hey, back off. Yeah. I mean, you can see it. He kind of, like, shrugs some of them off. But then at the end of the episode, he's like, okay, Patton. Mm -hmm. Like, so there's, in any boundary, it really is something that you need to really, that in order to make a relationship successful later, you have to pay attention to. Yeah. And how long ago before this episode was... uh... Learning new things. Like, wh- when was that in relation? Was that the episode oh, right before? Um, I well, I can look because I have it right here. Yeah. It was the episode before. So that also is a factor of, like, again, like, not only is it something that was, like, specifically stated, but it was so recent. It really yeah. was just, like, he just set this boundary, and immediately it's being broken, like, in multiple different ways, multiple, multiple different times in the one episode. And it's just, like, mm-hmm. that's so frustrating, seeing something like that happen when you just told mm-hmm. someone because it's just like i just and, told you what what how to not do this to me and now you're doing it already yeah. and just to kind of briefly state a boundary is something that you tell somebody else that you need for to for the relationship to continue without causing rifts of like resentment mm-hmm. and frustration like when you tell somebody a boundary about yourself like Virgil did in the sense of like hey I need you to stop saying that I'm like a sweet cherry muffin or whatever um he told Patton that so that he wouldn't be hiding any kind of resentment later because he knows that makes him uncomfortable so it's a way to create stronger relationships knowing that you're intentionally trying not to upset or bother someone else in the future. Um, it, it strengthens relationships if you're doing it right. Mm-hmm. Honestly. Yeah. And it's a two-way street because as much as it is important to be able to say the boundary, it's important for the other person to abide by it and to try their best abide to respect it. it. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you don't feel the respect, that causes more issues later because you don't trust that person yeah. anymore. Because then yeah. it's not even just that they're doing a thing, but now they're doing it w- when they should know that now this bothers you. And then it feels like, okay, so what, do you not care that it bothers me? Or, like, you really cannot just, like, hold that level of control to not do that? So, I can find yeah. 
Uh, I think I'm going to find an article about boundaries and put it down in the description with the other stuff we're talking about because I didn't realize this was something we were going to talk about. But that's awesome. Boundaries are important. They're very Very important. important. Um, Yep. So, yeah, it was good to see him set a boundary, but, like, it's definitely why in this episode there's a bit of tension with Patton there. Because breaking boundaries ain't fun. It starts the uh, it starts the ride of oh, tension the between ride? the two. The ride. Oh, I guess we'll yes. talk about that in just a oh minute. But um, <laughs> next up, we have Dewitt, which I know you're quite a big fan of. Well, I think real quick, because it is important to mention that in SVS, seeing well, I guess Patton was against Janice in that episode. Um, okay, never mind. I was going to say, um, okay, we'll get there. Um, but so dealing with intrusive thoughts is a very important moment for Virgil because it is the first time we're really seeing Patton and Virgil being like working together as a team to try and stop something. Yeah. Um, I don't think we've seen that before. And with that, Virgil is putting his full faith in what Patton's saying. He's worrying that Thomas isn't a good person because Remus is active. So with that being said, because that's what Patton is saying, he's trying to stop Remus as well. But in that, he realizes after Logan talks about it, he's the one that's hurting Thomas, Hmm. not Patton. And you can see it in his face when Remus is like, "Uh uh-oh, looks like the cat's out of the ball bag. Despite his best efforts, Virgil's the bad guy or whatever he says specifically. But like... Looks like the cat's out of the ball bag, yeah. Ball bag? Isn't that what he says? Is it? I know cats out of the bag is a term. I don't know about ball bag. Ball bag? Yeah. Maybe. We'll have to go. I think that's what he says. I used to have the episode memorized. I've never heard that phrase before used that way. You want to look it up while I'm saying this, you can. Okay, that's fair. It's going to mess with the recording is why. Okay, yeah. Yeah. But, um, (laughs) that's fair. Um, but... You can see it in Virgil's face. He feels terrible. Mm. He doesn't want to hurt Tom ever. And he knows he did in the past. He doesn't, that's part of his whole thing. He really just doesn't want to cause more stress to Thomas. So the fact that he's causing more stress and recognizing that Patton's the one that's inspiring that and Patton hasn't been cause, like helping his boundaries. Mm-hmm. Going that makes it. complete sense why he starts to push away. Yeah. Makes complete sense, mm. and he starts beating himself up for it. And watching that, as someone with an anxiety disorder, boy, yeah. howdy, that feels like me. Um, and I mean, the because I was one of them line is up for debate. I don't think we can really like look into that too far because that like I think there's a lot of interpretation of that line that we haven't really understood fully yet. Yeah, I know we've had debate on what exactly We've had debate means. on that line, and I don't think we can get into it just yet. Okay. But uh, just because I'm, I'm afraid of dancing into theory territory. Fair. But, um... I mean, not like we haven't already, to be fair, in, in previous episodes, fair. but, like, yeah, I see what you mean, though. I just think that that line is the first... I, I think it's just really important for me to... Or, or just something I've noticed is when he says, because I was one of them, Thomas backs up and he goes, 
See, mm. told you so, kind of in his face and then sinks out. Yeah. Like that was the most vulnerable he's been. Mm. And then when Thomas steps back, he feels immediately like I'm the problem. Mm. See that? That's exactly how I thought you would react. I'm the problem, bye. Mm. And he just snaps that shit. And I, fuck, I love him. Oh my God, it's him, hi, he's, he's the problem, it's him. It's not the problem. Epic I love Taylor him so much. He's Swift not the reference. Oh. He's not the problem. He is not the problem. But like, you know, he's internalizing that at no. this point. And I think that's the last time we really see Virgil deliberately dealing with the main plot, mm -hmm. because the rest of the time we just kind of see an extension of his issues with Patton, yeah. as well as his stress. Which he has a lot of. Yeah. Oh my god. So I know, like, the last thing we have here on this list is um, uh, some of the uh, asides. I think the plushie episode also counts as an asides now. I'm pretty sure that's true. There's, there's been episodes that have changed out of an asides. There have. So, like, Which the working through in plots is no longer an asides episode. Which so makes I sense, because that's a very, like, plot-heavy episode. It's a very important episode. Which makes sense. But um, I know you, we have a... Um, uh, two episodes, Working Through Intrusive Thoughts and the plushie episode in relevance to uh, going back to uh, Virgil and Patton. And I think you'll be able to explain a bit more than I will because I know you noticed that like relationship changing more than I do. Yeah. I think um, there's a lot of people who don't like Virgil or who have a preference over of another character over Virgil mm -hmm. that um, are really really fight for the idea that like Virgil's being an asshole mm. and, and I agree with that mm. he is being an asshole but I don't think he's doing it in a way that's like I, it, it's fully pressed by his self-hatred as well as self-hatred and the fact that he feels like nothing he's contributing is helpful in any way mm -hmm. So that's all spiraling to make him a bit more aggressive, kind of like how depression will do that to you mm. um, and make you lash out that way. Mm -hmm. But also the fact of Patton feeling like he was betrayed by Patton to an extent. And now that Patton is being closer with Janice, mm. he, he's going down the deep end. We're dying. Yeah. This I, know, is, this is <laughs> I know we talked about that a bit with Roman too. So the, the, it's this pair that is just both so impacted by Patton and uh, Janice becoming somewhat closer, or like Patton somewhat more understanding Janice, it, it really has such a ripple effect on these two. It makes me... It, uh, Which is so sad, because, cool. geez, why can't Janice just have a nice thing without it becoming a problem for everyone? But that's the thing, like, whatever that history Virgil has with Patton, yeah. or no, with Virgil Janice. has with Janice, um, is intense. Yeah. And it caused a, an extreme distrust in Virgil. Mm -hmm. um, so if, from working through intrusive, or actually from dealing with intrusive thoughts on, there's not a moment where you see Virgil where he's not making some kind of jab at Patton. Mm. Even in the plushie episode, I can't remember the specifics, but he definitely just kind of like looks at Patton and then moves right on. And oh, mm, it's so mm, sad. It's, they used to be such best buddies. Oh. It's cold, but it's not Virgil. I don't agree with Virgil's actions, but I I can't say that they're not valid because you, he's been through a lot yeah. and he's dealing with a lot. And because of 
his lack of trust in himself and everything, he's trying to grasp, he's trying to fix the problem in any way that he can, and he feels like Patton's part of it. Yeah, that makes sense. It also is interesting, I don't know if we said it specifically, but it's it's an interesting just thing to note, just because it's kind of funny, that they both held Patton in decently high regard for a while, both Roman and Virgil, and now that they've both in, you know, quote-unquote lost Patton in that way, they've both come together together. So it's interesting that, like, oh, they both had this one person, which was Patton, that they, like, held in high regard, and now the moment he leaves, there's, like, a vacuum, and then suddenly now they're bu- they're more buddies now um, in the same way that, like, Roman and Patton was, or Virgil and Patton was. I think that's interesting in the lens of both of them are focused on the future. Mm-hmm and focused on making a brighter future Mm -hmm. and not really focusing on what could work now. Mm, If that makes sense. Like Roman is always thinking about the dreams, of course, and Virgil with anxiety, like we were talking about how it's future oriented. Yeah. I think both of them are foreseeing this, these courses of actions leading to bad things in the future because of what's happened in the past. So that's why they're forming a bond. They're both very future forward. That makes a lot of sense, honestly. Oh my god. Have I mentioned how much I love Sanders eyes? Have I said that? Have I said that? (laughs) It's cool. It's cool because it works so well. And I think it's gonna be so I'm so interested to see this finale because I think this is really gonna come to a head. Oh yeah. This is really gonna I I can see the setup, you can see it, and everything's gonna crash. In a bit. I'm so ready. Oh, I'm so I'm gonna lose my mind. But I'm willing to be patient for it because oh. Thomas is back. But hold That's the my thing. the one thing we can't do on Sanchez's anniversary is be like, where is it? Oh it's like no, no would we never, would never do that on any day. No, because it's it's really important to recognize, especially if you aren't a content creator, mm. it's so hard to make content. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's so hard. It's so hard, especially if you want to make it good. Oh, yeah. And if you have such a small team, mm-hmm. editing takes forever. Oh, my God. And writing and getting the writing right takes forever. Researching, because he's having to do a lot of research for this. Like, oh, yeah. it's hard. I will say so we- that, like, <laughs> from my own personal perspective, I I guess I could just say this, because it's not something that's going to happen anytime in the near future. But um, for... A little while back, sometime last year, I think it was last year, I was, <laughs> I see the look in your face as you realize what I'm about to say, I think. I, no, oh, I no, just, no, I have no idea. I was going to make a thing for, like, a certain, it, it, a certain amount of time has passed since I had, uh, inter- I had met Thomas a while back, and I was going to make a video, um, which was, like, a sequel to a really old video I made, and it was going to be in the format of Sandersides. It was, it was basically going to be my own Sandersides episode. And mm-hmm. I never even got fully to script writing. Just in the planning process, I drove myself bloody insane. Yeah. It's insane trying to put something like that together, especially when you're one person. So, like, just just coming off of that experience as, like, a, like as trying to make one standardized-ish thing that never even got to, like, came to fruition and never even got into, like, the real meat of it, like, it's a hard thing to make. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, I think on top of that, imagine that planning stage becoming more and more intricate the more you think about it. The fact that he was going to make it one video and now it's four. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That's huge. What? So 
having been in a situation where a project got bigger and bigger the more I thought about it that I'm about to finish, it just... What can I be talking about? <laughs> Check out page here in the next week. But anyway, um, just be. It's it's just something that I sympathize with so hard because I know how hard it is, especially if you've got a small team. Oh yeah. So like, I just I don't know. Like I see a lot of people being like, "Where is it? Where is it?" Please be patient with him. <laughs> Honestly, like just he. I he, don't. No, I, speaking as a content creator, nobody wants the thing to be out more than the person making it. Like, oh, yeah. that's oh something that's so important to remember. Oh, my God. I literally, oh, my God. No, that, that, that right there. Yeah, that. The amount of times that I've heard Thomas say something like, I want it out so bad. Yeah. And I'm like, me. It does. Oh, my God. Oh, because the thing is, be it's in your brain. It's an image in your brain. You know what it's supposed to look like, but then you have to do it. And it takes so much work to do it. And you get angry because it's not there. It's not just in your hands and you want it, especially if you have ADHD. And oh. it sounds like, from what I've heard, Thomas has ADHD. That's so hard. It's a pain. It's so hard. Anyway, I have. that's my soapbox. I've, oof. I, I will wait forever for Literally. that. I'll wait for the rest of time. I'm fine. I don't know about the rest of time, but like... I'm okay with the rest of time because I'm willing to be as patient as he needs. That's the thing. I'm impatient, but I will understand, like, through and through why it takes so long. I think about it this way. Every day that passes is more detail that he's putting into the project. Very true. That's really cool. Think about it that way. So. Oh my gosh. Well, we've exhausted our list of episodes. Um, shall we now delve into a little bit of uh, how Virgil as a character has impacted and reflected in our lives? Yeah. I <laughs> Should I go first? Because I feel like you're going to have a lot more to say on it. I mean, yeah, I've said a lot of what I would say, but go ahead. That's fair. I think you... Yeah. Um, I got lots of anxiety. <laughs> the end. No, we're done. I'm, I'm leaving. Uh, no. I totally, like, Virgil is something I notice in my everyday life. Um, like, I don't know if I have an anxiety disorder, but what I do know is I have a lot of it. I have a lot of it in a lot of different aspects. So, you know, those fears that he constantly has is something that I see in myself just constantly. It's just one of those things that is very second nature to just consider every possibility and every route and everything to avoid certain issues. It's, it's, I don't even know fully how to explain what I'm saying. It's just, it's just one of those things that like, I look at him and I'm like, yeah, I've never been more seen than in this character. Just like, I relate a lot to characters that make me anxious. Chidi Anagani from The Good Place. If you know him, me. But um, oh, it's wonderful. But um, <laughs> I yeah, I mean honestly, I really don't know what else to say other than just that just surface level of like, I deal with anxiety quite often, quite mm -hmm. constantly. Mostly social anxiety. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Virgil is me. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think there's not a lot of good and, and accurate representation of mental health disorders in the media. Mm -hmm. And even Cheaty, I think, is a little blown out of proportion. Just a tad. Huh. Just because he's... Like, I don't know, like, I, I think, uh, to an extent, I think it's just very lightly blown out of proportion, but maybe that's just because I don't have 
as deep of a connection with Chidi as someone else might. But um, <laughs> Virgil, but that's the thing. I, I recognize that that may just be me. Yeah. But I know Virgil specifically, the way that he's so self-deprecating, the way that he is trying to be the good guy, but genuinely just feels like he can't and everything's going against him. Like it just, it feels so raw and real to my anxiety. Mm -hmm. And the thing is when I, I didn't think I liked Virgil very much. My first original, uh, like the character I loved the most was Logan. Mm -hmm. And the reason I loved Logan is because of my love of like robots and the uncanny Valley and stuff. And Logan kind of had a standoffish, like that's kind of human behavior, but not quite. That's why I loved Logan. And I do still love Logan, but I think once I recognized how much Virgil, I, I connected with Virgil, I didn't even realize that that was why I liked Virgil until someone pointed out to me that my Virgil is kind of disguising himself as Logan in a lot of instances. Once someone said that to me, I went, oh. And then like I started to see Virgil a lot more in my life. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, oh. And that's when I realized I had an anxiety disorder because then I was like, oh, well, I need probably go look at this because that I don't know how to fix that. Yeah. And the thing is, it's, there's no fixing it. But like, I started to recognize it as Virgil instead of recognizing it as Logan. So thoughts, for example, like, I'm not good enough for this. I thought were coming from Logan. Mm -hmm. They weren't. They were coming from Virgil. Mm -hmm. And it was like, oh, that, whoa. And so ever since that happened, I've solidified just an intense love for Virgil because it, every move he makes makes me feel very seen. I don't feel like I've done a lot of the things he's done, but like the, the mindset of like, this person is hurting the goals that I have, or this person is hurting something that I'm trying to achieve, or is hurting me in some way, I just want to run away. Mm -hmm. I just want to go that way and not do anything. It's an unhealthy mindset, but it reminds me of the Amy that was so stuck in anxiety. I just, it's, it's, I, I feel so seen by this character in ways that I've never felt seen before. Um, and I feel like there's a lot of people who are just like, well, Virgil's just annoying and he's just, you know, he's, I don't know, too much. Yeah. He's just angsty. He just sits there and pouts and whatever. Trust me, he's more real than you know. <laughs> and I think you can relate to that too, Tech. It just, and I think that's true about any of the Sandersides characters. And that's what I love about Sandersides is just how much detail goes into these characters mm -hmm. and their true raw psychology behind them yeah, and i think easy. that's why they're so beloved yeah it's easy to write off something um as like as as i don't even know how to quite describe it it's easy to write something off as a certain thing if you don't experience it yourself yeah and you know as you know the two of us are very well versed in feeling anxious in every day all the time we can say with quite certainty that Virgil is a really good, if not one of the best, like, representations of anxiety that we've seen in media. I, I love him. So good. <laughs> I love him, and the, 
just some of the connections that I've made in trying to determine what this future episode is going to be, some of the things that I found out or I've understood through, like kind of solved in my own head, like are just, I'm so excited to see this episode come out because it feels like it's going to be an episode that comes right out of my own therapy sessions in that respect. Like I feel like it's, I'm so excited. (laughs) I think it's going to be really when it does come out because i'm i'm not i I don't want to rush it but also like when it does come out it's going to be a very honest and raw retelling of things that i've been through these past few years Mm -hmm. and i'm just i think that's beautiful i fucking i i love sander sides i think they do such a good job i'm just can you tell him a fan can you no no not at all try harder Oh, I love oh. juicy vertical on my jacket. No, I'm just kidding. What um, jacket? Anyway. No, um, I don't have a jacket. Oh, well. Anyways. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, yeah. that's about it, I believe. I love Virgil. I'm so glad we talked about this. This, this is, is great. Good. It's good. Oh my God. Now let's go, because the sooner we sign off, the sooner next week comes, <laughs> and the sooner we can talk about Janice. Oh my god, someone's excited I'm to talk like, about Janice. I might just be. This is, that's going to be a cool episode. It's going to be cool. Uh, watching, we're going to have a new episode next week, um, and we're going to have, are we Are we telling uh, no. about? No. No, never mind. We're not doing that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Anyways, you'll Can't see that see secret in a while, time. I guess. Shrug. There's no secret. There might be surprises coming. I don't know. Um, keep, keep, yeah, we're going to be here uh, every week for a while. And uh, thanks for listening. Thank folks. you, guys. We love you. You're, you're wonderful. And I appreciate you taking the time to do this. Share this with your friends if you think they'd like it. Um, we're going to be talking about more Sanderside stuff and kind of from all angles of Sanderside's, both in the canon lore and also in the uh, fandom. Yeah, so stay tuned. Mm -hmm. Goodbye, folks. I love you. Love y'all. Bye.